everyone. Welcome to the Produce Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Nickel, and I'm delighted to be joined again today by Armin Lovato. As those of you who have listened to this podcast before will probably know, Armin has been in produce for many years, including in a variety of retail roles from clerk to manager to supervisor to buyer. And we'll be picking his brain today from a produce manager perspective in particular, as we discuss best practices for handling understaffed situations, which of course, many grocery retailers and many other businesses are dealing with in the current, uh, let's just say, demand exceeds supply labor environment. Armin, thanks so much for being with us today and welcome again to the Produce Retail Podcast. Thank you, Ashley. It's always an honor to join you. Well, it's it's my pleasure. And I, I think I've told you before, I learn something every time we talk, so I sure appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> well, so do I, trust me. Yeah. So awesome. yeah, glad awesome. to be here. Well, so yeah, well, so I was thinking about of course, you know, long-term in grocery over the years, it certainly wouldn't be abnormal to have somebody call in sick. You got people on vacation, you've got kind of the occasional, um, you know, one person out here, two people out here kind of situations. Um, It seems like a lot of grocery retailers right now are dealing with a little bit more of a, you might say more of a chronic problem when it comes to, to stores being understaffed. And so I thought maybe we could take those kind of one at a time where, you know, what are the things that you can do as a manager kind of contingency planning up front, knowing that there are going to be some surprise, you know, sick outs and things like that here and there. And then we'll discuss separately, maybe when you're just kind of understaffed in general, how do you prioritize? How do you keep the team morale up? Some of those things. So let's start on the nice, occasional, more benign kind of um, short staff situations. Sure. Well, um, yeah, being short-staffed is uh, it certainly is a current uh, and chronic issue, but it's nothing new. I mean, uh, um, you know, when you work in a retail environment, uh, you know, it's depending on the size of the store, the amount of clerks, the amount of volume. Uh, there's so many variables that go into it that, uh, but in in all cases, you're going to find yourself short staffed at one point or another and many times it just happens for all the reasons you just mentioned you know sick calls or uh uh or or somebody gets called up to the check stand to uh um to 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 sack or 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 be a checker because other departments sometimes are short and so you have to jump over and fill in or or unload someone's truck that's not necessarily yours. And, and so usually in a store, uh, they try to help each other out like that. But it's uh, but for the most part, you want to try to to plan for those things so that you so, so, so that you're not shorthanded. But yeah, it has been a, a an issue for you know generations, I would say. But uh, but yeah, I think I think especially now it's uh, it's 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 even worse. <laughs> yeah. Well, so what kind of, what are some of the uh, kind of proactive things that a manager can do to prepare for some of those kind of run of the mill surprises, right? Somebody gets sick, somebody's kid is sick, they have to go pick them up, you know, those kind of things, Um, whether it's cross training or whether it's some contingency planning, what what were things that you found most helpful? Well, you, you, uh, you know, we used to say that we, uh, in retail, we manage by, uh, 
by not not disaster, but we manage by uh, emergency kind of mode a lot of times. And so you have to un- expect the unexpected. And sometimes when you know you walk in and say your setup guy was sick that day and he doesn't even have somebody to call and uh, and suddenly you're hours behind right away or or like you said somebody had to leave unexpectedly so you're going to find yourself in that situation on occasion and so you you do have to uh, reset your time and priorities list you know instead of coming in to uh, to do your usual regiment um, a manager has to be in a triage kind of mode where suddenly instead of meticulously going from one table to another and so on now it's 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 identifying the hot spots and i used to call it uh you know like especially if i walked in as a clerk for the day and and the place was a disaster i mean that even if it's not necessarily a shorthanded situation it we just got slammed by a lot of business and so you have to look at it and say okay I'm not going to start by doing my normal routine. I have to do what I call the BLT, like a BLT sandwich. I would cover my my bananas, my lettuce, and my tomatoes. Because at the time, those were kind of like the three top items that everybody had to have. And so, and those are also quickly done. So I could I could do that, you know, BLT, and then I might look at the add items right away and make sure that that they're covered and then once those things are caught up then i can start to chip away at the other duties around the uh, department but even before you start to reprioritize like that you know one of the first things i always told my produce managers if they were in that disaster shorthanded mode was to try to get a, a warm body or two back there you know they could you know alert the store manager and say i have an issue um, and I have a sick call, I have two sick calls or whatever this situation is and uh, plea for uh, a couple of warm bodies. And it could be somebody from another department and, and they're really not a lot of help because they just don't know what to do, but you can at least tell them to keep the bananas full. They can handle that and you can train somebody to do that in, in just a few minutes or or to, uh, to or just keep an eye on on the sales floor to make sure that 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 that's swept and mopped or you know maybe it's a maintenance um, hot spot or, uh, or 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 just tell them to to give them one thing that you know they can handle like like this 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 one table just just go back there and find those items and and stock it I mean it's uh you know you could you can you can do a disaster training kind of mode but uh, a lot of times. Uh, there are employees in the store that can jump in and help a little bit. You know, maybe maybe that extra person can unload a truck while the manager or the clerk that's left can handle keep and stocking duties going. You know, because anybody can pretty much uh, operate the the the, uh, the electric jack where they can unload a truck or you know stuff like that. There's always something they can do. Or even um, I know in some stores uh, to alleviate some of my shorthanded situation. I would plea for a courtesy clerk. That's like the level entry person. And I would just tell the store manager, let me have a courtesy clerk just for all day. Maybe it's a Saturday. And I would use that courtesy clerk uh, to just throw trash away. And that way, I my clerks weren't spending valuable time going, you know, 
100 feet in the back of the store, um, putting track, uh, you know, getting rid of their uh, boxes and things like that, because that would eat up at least 20 minutes per load and stuff. And so if they could just go back there and the courtesy clerk could throw away the boxes and things like that. So there's little things like that 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 uh, um, that help out. And even even if if you are fully staffed, that's still a nice thing to have, is especially around holidays or other busy times, to get that extra help to take care of those kind of tasks. Yeah. And it sounds like then, like you mentioned, sometimes the shorthanded and the produce department situation is because another department shorthanded and one of your people gets pulled over there. Oh yeah. But, but it sounds like it's it's probably good to try and accommodate those requests as much as you want. So when you have your own request, you get a yeah. little help in return. Sure. Yeah. And you know, it, it just depends on the, the the company and the relationship with the different departments and, and, you know, but, but ultimately a store manager wants the whole store to run efficiently. So if people get along and help each other out, that's always, uh, always best. And some stores are busier than others. I mean, in a really slow store, you might only have two clerks for the whole day in produce and, you know, an opener and a closer and that, or, you know, maybe a, a third or, you know, and it's usually the manager that's, you know, helping to manage things. Whereas on the other side of the spectrum, you have very busy stores where a produce manager may, may have six, 10, 15 clerks, you know, depending on how busy that store is. And if you have a sick call with 15 clerks, it's much easier absorbed than the slower store where if somebody calls in sick, that's half your, half of your uh, labor for the day. So, um, and, uh, and, or, or even if you're just shorthanded where you just don't have the hours and you know, you need the, the people cause you know, you're going to be busy, but, but, you know, sometimes labor schedules that dictate that you under schedule and, um, uh, and then deal with it, which is always not not a good way to uh, schedule for business. Yeah. Is there any kind of like have you ever seen any kind of sort of a a cross training, you know, across departments for exactly those situations, so that when something comes up, you can say, "Hey, Marion Center store, we we had her come over for a day, you know, last month and and three months ago, and so she at least knows the basics. So can can you spare her so that she can help us today with so and so out? Yeah, cross training is always a good idea. If um, uh, and, and and usually in the in in a grocery store, um, you know, you're not necessarily just a produce clerk. Sometimes they call them all purpose clerks or something like that. And, um, and, and it's, and it's to everyone's benefit for them to learn, um, basics in all the departments. When I was a part-timer, you know, I bounced around to different departments. I, I would, I would hang out after my closing shift in produce and throw freight on the night crew. Uh, that was just a, um, a real, uh, loose term for stocking groceries. So I knew basics in stocking groceries you, and, and, you know, you knew the difference between the can aisle and the glass aisle where all the pickles and everything were. And so you learned these things or the paper aisle or the bake aisle where all the flour and sugar and spices are. So you learned some basics about your store and you learn how to work them. And, uh, and, and, and if you can, 
uh, stock uh, anything in a store, uh, and 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 with the exception of some specialized areas like like meat cutting or uh, or deli, you know, where they have to um, you know know how to use a slicer or um, or, 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 or other more technical food preparation. But for the most of the store, you know, you'd be surprised how, how much is, uh, people can cross train and do everything from um, stock a few produce items to stock groceries to jump into the check stand and collect carts or, you know, whatever it takes. So, the, and the more valuable a, a clerk becomes, um, you know, the more likely they are to, have as many hours as they'd like because a lot of times um, uh, a, a part-timer will will cry you know that I don't have any hours and and I always say you know you how valuable are you because if you're valuable you know they're going to want you there because they know in a pinch they can put you in a check stand or they can uh, um, have you man the uh, bakery counter for a few minutes for a break or unload their truck or whatever the task is you know the, the more duties the more uh, things someone's cross-trained in the better for everybody, including including produce. And, and when you're and when you're short in produce, and you know that there's a cashier that helps you out in produce, sometimes that's the person that you want to try to 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 get for that day to help you out. So so yeah, cross-training is absolutely a, a, a great way to prepare for potential um, adjustments in a schedule inside of a store. Well, and you mentioned, you know, there, there are a few things across the store. You wouldn't just throw somebody into anything with machinery, you know, with yeah. cutting like in meat or in deli or things like that. Probably yeah. not. Yeah. Your average produce clerk's not going to jump in, help the pharmacist fill scripts. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it did make me wonder though, anything in produce that would be a lot harder to get somebody to fill in on. Like, so like you said, if, if you, if you're coming on shift and, and things are kind of, you know, a little chaotic all around, like it'd be hard to have somebody fill in on like the wet rack probably. Right. So oh, yeah. where do some of those things fit in sort of that, that triage, I think that's a very appropriate <laughs> word, sort of that triage assessment. Yeah. And, and that's a good example the the, uh, the wet rack, because if I, if I'm short and all of a sudden I have to do that triage, you know, that's the last place I would put somebody because it, it usually involves um, uh, identification, uh, preparation, uh, and, and it's, it, it's a little different from, you know, stocking bananas or apples, you know, it's, it's, it's a question of, of, um, of rotating it and making it look a certain way. And, and so uh, it's, it's a little, it's a little more finesse as we talked about at the last podcast you know where where somebody needs to 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 not just dump stuff on onto a display, but actually you know arrange it so that it's attractive and 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 it's uh, and it's the right item in the right place. You know because because if you get somebody just out of the blue, you know they're not they don't know the difference between uh, parsley and Italian flat parsley, uh, and and they and, and they barely know the difference between a turnip and a rutabaga. So so those are things you don't want that clerk to be fooling around with. But if you do have a warm body, so so to speak, you know you can put them on. You can say, look, here's a here, I'll fill up this cart for you. You know you stock these oranges, and um, 
or stock the bananas or something, you know, you, at least you have a little bit of help. It's not perfect, but at least some product is getting onto the shelf and you can kind of keep an eye on that person and coach them a little bit and say, thank you. And, and um, you know, uh, it, it, as soon as you're done with that, you know, and kind of coach them too, like, you know, don't st- spend all day doing this, you know, try to try to stock these oranges in about 10 minutes. And after you're done there, there's an, I'll get you another cart to fill that corn display, you know, while I'm taking care of the wet rack. So yeah, there's ways to bounce back and forth in a, in a shorthanded situation. So, but it's, uh, yeah, it, it makes for a challenging and long day. Well, and so you mentioned earlier some of, you know, making sure to prioritize kind of whatever whatever the key commodities are, the things that move the fastest, where those displays are going to empty out the most. Right. And then also the ad items, right? Because that's what somebody saw saw the deal and they come in expecting yeah. to be able to get that. Yeah. Um, after those priorities, I was thinking in terms of like if, if you're able to borrow someone who's, who's not a regular in the produce department, the ink of packaged items in departments, you know, in, in the last decade or so probably makes that, I mean, that would be probably an easier type of assignment, right? To say, okay, here's the bagged potatoes. Here you mm-hmm. go. Here's the clamshells of berries. Yep. Here you go. Yeah. How do you balance sort of the, the ease of the assignment with also the visual in the department. Cause like, I know some, some stores will like to have the bulk on the front of the display and then they'll have the package on the back of the display. So how do you balance some of those things? Well, that's a great example because um, in fact, you, that's, it's, it's almost like, you know what to do, please help me, you know? <laughs> and uh, um, so, yes, if, if once the, the, some of the vital items are taken care of and the ad items and bananas, lettuce, tomatoes, the BLT, that's, that's a great um, assignment you can give them, you know, like here's a cart with bag apples, and and just make sure that they're the right size and the right variety and and the same with with uh, uh the 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 clamshell berries in the case and and if you give them just a quick rotation lesson you know and and if you see something that that you wouldn't buy then put it in your in the box call it you know take it to the back i'll deal with it later but it's um but yeah that's that's a that's a really good uh example of of, of uh, them not having to trim, prepare, or, or, or give any special handling to something. So, and there's a lot of that, actually. There's, there's, uh, there, there's, there's uh, e- even the, the, the wall with the, all the packaged salads and things like that, you know, just show them, you know, where there's an empty spot, you know, there's a tag, it corresponds to a certain item and go get it and, you know, load up or, or it's sometimes it's best just to load those things up for the person and they can handle it from there from, you know, the, you know, all of these dozen or 20 items, you know, just take your box off. If it's full, then take the rest of the back room or, or if it's empty, fill the, fill the, fill the, fill the display. So yeah, there's, there's lots of little assignments like that they can handle. So as opposed to giving them a knife and worrying that they're going to hurt themselves or somebody else. So another thing that I was, was thinking about in terms of when, when you're short staffed and, and, you know, what can folks come in and, and help with on kind of the, the opposite side of the spectrum, what are the things that are the lowest priorities? Like, what are the things that you're like, okay, 
this isn't ideal, but we just yeah. aren't going to worry about this today because yeah. it is what it is. Well, consider that um, I think I think I once uh, they did some on quick almond research and something like you know the top ten items in any given point of a of a day. Um, accounted for like 80% of our sales. So if you took care of those big 10 items, I mean, you have a fair chance of keeping up with things. Um, and so, uh, but, uh, uh, but, but, you know, there is a host of different things. In fact, sometimes I would walk into a store and there'd be a couple of part-timers and you could tell they didn't have much experience, but the boss went home and they're, 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 they, you know, he, he, they probably said, keep the place stocked. And so they looked around and said, oh, I'll, I'll pick this. And so they'll pick things like dried fruit, you know, the raisin display. A lot of times produce covers that section. And I've seen clerks working together, filling the dried fruit display. Meanwhile, their lettuce is running down and the bananas are empty and there's no ad items and, and you know, and power items like apples or oranges or Potatoes are are running low or empty and need attention, but they're stocking. Um, in fact, one one uh, produce director called it tomorrow's business. He said, "Don't worry about tomorrow's business. Worry about the immediate needs in a in a grocery in a the produce department." So and so, it's it's a good time to to, to coach those employees and say. That's tomorrow's business. Work on today's business. And today's business is what's actually selling. So, and another thing is when there are two clerks together, so many times they're, they get along, they're friends, they work together. And the tendency is for those two people to shadow each other through the, through the department, you know, and they'll hand each other like a bag of apples or they'll, they'll, because they're chit chatting. And, you know, you have to break that up right away. You can say, look, I don't care if you guys take a break together and chit chat all you want then. But when you're out here, I want you taking care of that side of the department and you take care of the other side of the department. You know, keep an eye on things, help each other if you need to, especially if it's something really heavy or, or you know, like if they're. Uh, if, if they need, if, if they're hoisting watermelon out of a bin and you know, need somebody to, to toss it to or, or something, you know, but limit the togetherness like that because, or, or in the back room where they're maybe preparing something, trimming something together, you know, it's always good if to help each other, but for the most part, you want those people to be separated and um, uh, so, so that more ground gets covered. I, you know, we want to say, you know, cover you know think of think of the produce department as real estate you don't want somebody just occupying one part of that you need that spread out so so it's uh but 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 it's i think that's a constant uh issue um and and even though they're not shorthanded they're creating a look that seems like they're shorthanded i gotcha Makes yeah. sense. yeah well and it's it's such an interesting it's, it's an interesting point because the kind of the the next part of our discussion on like if if you just have a store that's that's chronically understaffed you know if you know le- leadership just does not believe that these labor hours are warranted and you have scratched and clawed and you cannot get any more um you know keeping keeping it where it's still like an enjoyable environment for the team it is is important but like you said 
you got to get stuff done too. So you can't necessarily have as much, you know, kind of camaraderie and ease and like chit chat as would be, you know, some of that is healthy. Like you said, too much, not healthy for the business getting done. So how, what are some things that are helpful in kind of a chronic understaffed situation? Yeah, that's probably the worst case scenario because, um, because you, you know that there's a potential there for a lot more sales, but you're not, you're not reaching that potential because, um, you know, there, there's no way to, uh, to, to be in good enough uh, stock condition to where people come in and shop your store. And, and people tend to, uh, 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 you know, shop to the, to, to the maximum level when everything is in the best condition, the best stock condition, you know, things are clean, things are, you know, well stocked and rotated and cold and everything. And when you walk into, as a customer, you walk into a store and there's empty displays and there's debris on the floor and, and, and there's empty bag holders and, and there's no clerks to be found. And, and maybe there's unsightly produce on the depart on the shelves, you know, that just takes away from all the impulse that you must have in order to, to drive sales. I swept, you know, many, many um, uh, shopping lists up off the floor and it's not exactly high, high data, you know, as far as research, but on every one of those shopping lists I picked up, you know, when it came to, you know, it, they might, it might list specifics in the rest of the store, like a pound of hamburger or, or a, uh, a bottle of mayonnaise or something like that. But when it came to produce, it would all, almost always listed fruit and stuff for a salad. So what does that tell you? That means that it's their purchases are open for impulse, whatever looks good, whatever appeals to their senses, you have a chance of making some sales. So uh, the better condition of par- the produce department is in, uh, the more sales you're going to be able to capture, especially when, um, you, you know, when, when the right product is placed in the right area at a good price and, and, and all those P's come together, as we say in marketing, you know, then you have the right environment to make, to, to sell produce. So, uh, so, so, you you know, when when those aren't there, then you just won't have the sales. And, and sometimes stores, store managers will, will say, well, you can only have this many hours and you do the best you can, but you know, deep in your heart that, that there's so much more there. And as a produce manager, I would lobby as high as I could with my produce director, with my district manager, you know, there's other people you can appeal to and, you know, you don't want to step on toes or go over people's heads, but, you know, sometimes you, you do exactly that. And, or, or you just, you just lay out your case and say, you know, cause you always have store meetings and everything. And, and when it comes to store manager saying you can have so many hours, you can say, you know, if, if you gave me 30 more hours, I could give you 10,000 more in sales, you know, something like that. Sometimes it takes something like that where, where if you can, you can outright say, if, if I get something from you, I will give it that you will see this return. And with that return, you know, the store will have more sales, more profits, and, and I always argue that because customers tend to choose where they shop by the quality of the produce department, you know, don't you want that department to shine like nobody else? I mean, it's, it's something that, 
that that if you can make that argument and convince that store manager that that I that what I manage is your is is your signature department. I am your I am I am what will bring people in on a regular basis. You know, so please, you know, rely on my experience and expertise to prove to you that that if you give me what I want, I will return um, sales and profits to you. So, so it's it's a good exchange, you know, to have because a lot of times store managers have no experience in produce. You know, they usually come up through the grocery side or the service side. So, so they look at produce. They're like, oh, I'm. I know it's there. I don't know much about it. You know, but um, but if you try to educate them a little bit and and show them that. That, that there's rewards to be had if they just invest in you just a little bit. So, but, uh, but yeah, I think I'm getting a little off track there, but uh, you get the me, you get, I think you get the, the message there that, 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 you know, this is, the, this is an important department and it, and it should be, um, uh, should be high in consideration for, for, for a, a fair amount of labor hours. I'm actually really glad you went that direction because I am curious to hear from you. What are some of the stories that stick out to you from over your years when you made that argument in either the numbers or, you know, the scenario you laid out or, or appealing to some of the higher ups in produce specifically move things in a good direction. And then you're able to show, see, I told you this is what would happen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and many times, I mean, I was not afraid to challenge my store manager, um, only because I knew in my heart that that you know I could I could do the job, and so I did step on a few toes over the years, and it may it, yeah probably wasn't a good idea at the time, but in the long run, I'm glad I did because uh, um, you know I would appeal to my to the district manager who oversaw the store manager. And, you know, just pull that person aside and say, I need, I need help, you know, and, uh, or I need help with either hours or I need help with, with training people or whatever the case. And I also would appeal to a produce director because if you have enough pressure, because it with from some of those areas, it will come down on that store manager by saying, you know, are you doing enough there? Because, because uh, you know we're getting some vibrations that you know we we could be doing better, and uh, and, uh, and and so yeah I've I have crossed that line a little bit before and and sometimes I thought it would just just hurt me but actually um, in one case I think it's what got me uh, uh, promoted to the next level you know so because because you know if you show enough determination I think sometimes they say you know, this person cares enough to make a difference. So, um, so it's not just about ex produce experience or years or product knowledge. Sometimes it's about just, just being willing to do your best. And, uh, and, 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 and if you just withdraw and say, oh, well, that's, that's all the hours I get and, and, and don't do anything about it, then yeah, that's not really being much of a leader. So you have to, you, you do have to show that leadership and, and, and wherever you can and, and fight for what you think is right. And sometimes the arguments are inner store, you know, like, like if I, I used to, I say the uh, lobby area in front of the store and they always put soda pop and chips in that spot. 
And, you know, my knowledge of grocery was that didn't bring much return. You know, that's, that's a really low margin. And I knew that, that I could, I could build produce displays there, take that real estate, the space, because that's about, you know, the most valuable thing in a grocery store besides customers is, is the space that you get. So if you could take that space and build produce displays, especially if you, if you have enough customer traffic, you'll make more sales, get more profit. And with all that comes more labor hours. So um, I worked in a store once where, um, uh, where we had a bank up front. And a lot of stores have banks up front now, you know. And at the time, the bank was closed on Sunday. And uh, and it was a long stretch of about 40 feet. It was a huge bank area. And so it was right in the front of my produce department. And I thought, you know what? That's empty space not being used for a very busy day. And so I was able to commandeer that space just for one day. And I would, I would, take, I would pre- pre-prepare these bins and dummy them up. And so whatever hot items were there, whether it's, you know, clamshell berries or, or what, or lemons or, you know, whatever the item was, you know, citrus apples. Uh, and, and I would build big displays, you know, they look like heaping mounds of whatever. And I, that, that always sparked a lot of extra sales that I wouldn't have had if it was just a bank with those little velvet ropes in front. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so Oh, go right ahead. Oh, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Uh, so, so I, I guess all I was saying is, you know, sometimes if it, you know, to if you're a little bit aggressive, you can see opportunities, um, and and even something like that is, you know, when we're talking about being shorthanded, if you're if if you build those things ahead of time, you, you know, you're. Uh, I, I know lots of departments where you know whatever extra space they have, lobbies or. Um, uh, front, uh, you know, whatever vacant spaces outside on the sidewalk, whatever. If you if those displays are ready, then you can just put a pallet jack under it and wheel it in place and drop it. So, and especially if they're already signed and everything like that. So, um, so yeah, there's a there's always creative ways to 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 identify display areas. Uh, to prepare for that, you know, anything to that that'll help generate sales. And I was thinking about your your numbers example too, Armin, where you know you you put a proposition out there, hey, give me thirty more hours of labor, we'll have ten thousand dollars more in sales for you know the X yeah. period or or whatever. Did you did you ever have somebody take you up on that offer? Yes, yes. In fact, you know, because ultimately a store manager is. Um, you know, they, you know, everything is measured in a, in a grocery store in, a, in the business. So you, if you just go up to that store manager or district manager and say, I want more hours, they're always going to tell you no. But if you go up to them and say, look, I have figured this out and I think I can, um, you know, with, with this space and this many extra hours, I can deliver this amount of sales, this amount of gross profit. And they understand that. So now you also have to back it up. So when you're done, you need to follow through and say, oh yeah, you know, last weekend when I said I was gonna take over that lobby and steal the space from the potato chips and the soda, well, that generated an extra so many thousand dollars at, at my gross profit average of this percent, it should put an extra, you know, four thousand dollars to our 
our our uh, our gross profit for the uh, for the quarter or something like that. You know, that way it's like yeah, compare that to those chips and then pop that might have brought you in a few hundred dollars, something like that. Excellent. So, yeah. But so so it requires a little thought, a little planning, and definitely some follow through so that so that then in in subsequent uh, discussions, you know, when you say, I'd like to talk to you, at least they have some confidence in in that you're 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 bringing something to them. You know, you're you you you've got you've got ideas that, that might work. Absolutely. Well, and, and so far we've talked a little bit about kind of your, your run of the mill absences and and the triage that happens, your chronic understaff where, you know, maybe it's management decisions on not delivering those labor hours in the current labor environment. We've seen a lot of, you know, I hear from a lot of produce directors, like we just, we cannot get enough people to work in the stores like yeah. we're we're understaffed in you know most of our stores yeah and so I wanted to ask you too what do you think are the things that help get people to start work somewhere and then and then stay there because I know traditionally a lot of folks would would start working at a grocery store and, and stay there for a long time. I mean, I've talked to you mm-hmm. and so many other folks who oh, yeah. have made 30, 40 career, you know, year careers in this business. And so I want to hear from you, like what what from a recruiting and retention standpoint, you know, do you think maybe the industry could be doing differently? You know, it's hard. That's hard to pin down, you know, because I, I had a discussion recently with the store manager. Um, uh and and I know that they're going through the same thing, not just in the produce department, but the entire store. And uh, and, and you know, I my first thought is that they need to be paid more. And and of course, the store manager told me that well, they just got a new contract. And I said, well, that may be, but it's not enough, you know. And and when I got to thinking about it, uh, you know, the economics of it are, you know, I'm that's not exactly my forte, but I do know that. As a full-time clerk in the late '70s, I was able to qualify for a starter home by myself. Now, yeah, and I don't—I'm positive it's going to take at least two clerks and making a high level with a substantial amount down to to buy that same level of home today. And the same is good for other durable goods like uh, appliances or cars. I mean, everything has gone up so much, the inflation over the years. And then you compare that to wages, which really honestly have not kept track. And I know wages also in, includes, uh, you know, benefit packages that employers have to uh, you live with and everything. But Honestly, I look at that. I think you know something. Something's wrong because you know because if you pay somebody enough, and you know where they can at least have a shot at some of the basic uh, uh, basics in life, you know you'll be able to to attract and retain them. But as you know, right now uh, a clerk in a grocery store is competing with fast food clerks and competing with. uh, department store clerks and and like the local grocer said you know they could work here but they could go over to target where their hours are much better 
the stress isn't near the same and they make $2 more an hour, you know? And, and so the economics are definitely a, a, a skew for lack of a better word. So, and, uh, but, but even then, uh, you know, we're still faced with some shortages. I mean, even if everybody got paid, you know, exactly what they needed and everything, I think there would still be, because, because right now unemployment is a very low percentage. I think I remember from my economics courses that um, full employment is um, 4% unemployment because 4% unemployment <clears throat> includes seniors and students. So, so right now I think it's 3.7%. So we're still below what's considered full employment. And, um, and, and, and you know, uh, we have 325 million people in the United States at a zero growth. I mean, it's not exactly like the boomer days when, when, you know, you actually had to know somebody who knew somebody to help you get on somewhere. So, so it is a natural occurring uh, phenomena and, and it's, it's a challenge just not, not just for retail, but other places. And, and especially, um, uh, with younger kids, because, you know, uh, depending on the neighborhood, they may not need to work. You know, a lot of kids live in more affluent areas or their parents say, no, I just want you to concentrate on being a student. You don't need to work right away at this point where in my uh, uh, era, you know, it, we had what we needed, but if you wanted something beyond the basics, well, you went and got a job. You know, if you wanted the uh, special shoes or the special clothes or, or certainly things like, yeah, my old, my first car, I think was 350 bucks. So yeah. And, and I was always working on it, but I paid for it myself. And now you see kids in certain areas and they'll, you know, they're driving nice cars and I'm thinking, wow, that's, that's, that's nice. But you know, they, and 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 I and I'm no, I know there's lots of kids that are still doing that. They they need to work and everything. There's just not enough of them, you know. Where, um, and that's just a how how the country is right now. It's um, you know where uh, and and especially when the pandemic started and the Great Resignation happened, you know, all all of us boomers decided to uh, just retire, and that left a huge vacuum where you know suddenly everybody was not only scrambling for help, but they were scrambling for help and then some. So, so it's, it's a huge problem. And I don't, I don't see, see that uh, being fixed anytime soon because certainly technology um, has helped, you know, where, you know, they, now they, now grocery stores have more self-scanning things and um, self-service everything, but um, it's, I don't think it's enough to, 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 fill that vacuum yet. Yeah. Well, and one other thing you mentioned, Armin, that I wanted to follow up on was kind of comparing, you know, retail environments across different, um, mm -hmm. you know, different uh, in industries, so to speak, you yeah. know, whether it's uh, clothing retail versus grocery retail or something like that. And you mentioned the, you know, the stress, like the high, high, you know, fast paced nature of, of grocery mm -hmm. and produce in particular. Yeah. And I wonder what do you, what, what do you think that maybe, you know, grocery can do a better job of calling out some of the, the cool things about working in a grocery <laughs> store? Cause like I said, I know so many people who have, of, you know, 
worked in stores for so long and, and really enjoyed yeah. it. And they stick around and they find it to be a really meaningful, enjoyable work. Yeah. When I came up through the ranks, I mean, the grocery environment was fast and energetic and there was a lot of people, not only your employee uh, relationship other other employees but also your customers i mean it was it was engaging it was fast paced but uh but today i don't think it's it's um it's viewed as nearly as cool especially compared to some jobs because i'm sure you know people that say you know like like when my son was old enough i i mentioned to him that uh, mcdonald's was hiring you know and he was just aghast. He said, I would never work at McDonald's. And I said, why not? I knew lots of friends that started out flipping burgers. Well, I guess it's not a cool job. It's uh, they, or at least not cool to him. And, uh, but there are some jobs that are considered cool. I have little nieces and nephews that, um, uh, that work at the, uh, um, the water parks, like in the summer, that's a cool job or Starbucks is considered a cool job, you know, the, these coffee shops, you know, because they're, you know, I don't know what makes them cool as opposed to retail, but yeah, there's some jobs that are considered more cool than others. I don't think the grocery business is, it has, has, has reached that cool level with the younger people. And also younger people are, have, have uh, changing and even elevated demands. I sat in on one uh, seminar at a California Restaurant Foundation uh, event in February, and uh, the speaker was talking about how if you want to attract and retain uh, young workers in the in the food service business, you should be prepared to offer them pet insurance. And I thought that's odd because why would you do that? And it's because these younger people, you know, they're they're waiting to get married, so now and, and they're waiting to have children, but they do have their pets, and so what's important to them is having pet insurance. They also want a lot of flexibility in their scheduling, and you know that mirrors a lot what goes on in retail, where. Um, uh, where suddenly you've got young people that want to have that Saturday to go to a friend's party or a Friday night or whatever. And in retail and food service, you know, in, that was traditionally a no way, uh, a no compromise point. Yeah. Now they're saying, if you want to keep these people, you have to bend over backwards to accommodate them or you're not going to keep them, you know? And, uh, and I think that's the same with retail. I, I had a friend who, uh, um, he went to different stores in his career, and and it seemed like just about every store he had a grandmother die, on, and his funeral was on Saturday. And after about the third grandmother, I told him, Steve, I thought your grandmother already died. And he looked at me and said, shh, you know, like, don't say anything, because that was the only way he could get a Saturday off was to pretend that his grandmother died oh no oh, <laughs> yeah I'm no. so yeah so so th that's the kind of little things that people would go to and and you know to get a a Saturday off because because you know unless you had the seniority which few people did everybody worked weekends everybody worked holidays everybody worked nights because that's what 
at retail is about. And so, so I thought that was interesting in that seminar, how they're saying you need to listen to these people. And, and, and I don't necessarily think they're being spoiled or anything. I think that's just the way things are right now. And then it does change, you know, because you all of us older people say, well, if they don't want to work, then they don't have a job. But then you go, no, you try to help them. And, and I always try to help my people if, if somebody had a special occasion, you know, a lot of times you'll have a high school kid um, that's working on your crew and hey, he wants to go to the prom. He wants to, to, to go to a dance. You know, it's not every, every weekend, yeah. but when something comes up, you try to work with your people as much as you can, because if, if you help them, then they in turn will at least stay employed and, and you work together. So it's, it's definitely a different environment. You can't, it can't just be my way or the highway anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't have to dream up dying grandmothers to get a day off. <laughs> oh gosh, that is that is quite the deal. Yeah. Oh man, but yeah. but, but like you say, having it be so much a no, not in a million years, literally, unless someone has died, situation kind yeah. of underscores, you know, right. the the lack of flexibility maybe traditionally. And like yeah. you said, I, I know people are trying to be more accommodating with that now, even though it's it's hard because that's not really mm-hmm. built into the business model traditionally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, certainly, certainly a, a challenge, I think, for the industry as a whole. But something that we're seeing a lot of people work on and get creative. And I love your description of um, you know, your your son's listing of what what were the cool the mm-hmm. cool places to work, oh, right? Because yeah. yep. that's kind of an interesting angle to think about it from is even to like you know, talk to, like you said, nieces and nephews, young, younger friends and relatives, right? Be like, what makes you think, oh, that's a sweet place to work, right? Because, you know, a lot of times the folks in leadership positions, they're not in that same spot in life, right? Like things to someone who's, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, probably different at every, every single one of those (laughs) mile markers, right? Much less like your high school kids. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Chick-fil-A always seems to have lots of help. And then I go to another fast food place down the street and they're, they, they, they don't have enough help. They didn't. And, and, and again, I think it's because Chick-fil-A cool, the other place, not as cool, you know? And so, and, and yes, yeah, so I think it's a socially driven kind of thing. Um, and, and I think if employers, you know, try to sweeten the pie, wherever they, wherever they identify that to be, uh, it, 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 it helps, but it is definitely an ongoing challenge, you know, trying to find enough help, you know, just because everybody is short staffed um, and, uh, uh, and, and retail is kind of on par with the food services, you know, because it's not what people necessarily aspire to do the rest of their lives. But, um, you know, and, and, and we always said that there were two kinds of employees in the, in the grocery store. There was the, the people that were using it as a stepping stone while they went to college or they finished school. Um, and there was the people that kind of liked it and said, you know, I like this kind of work. I, you know, and then they kind of fall into it and, 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 and they enjoy it. So, uh, but, but there's a certain amount of turnover and you have to be constantly training people. And, uh, but uh, in, in fact, I had, a, we had a vice president at one, one at, at a company I worked for who would, 
purposely carry his business cards with him. And whenever he ran into somebody that was particularly energetic at like a, maybe a convenience store or something, and he would say, you know what, you need to come work for us. And he would give him his card, you know? And so people are always poaching other people from other businesses, you know, but uh, you know, that's not, that's probably not the best uh, uh, way to, to, you know, find people, but you know, that doesn't hurt, you know, to say, you know what, you have the right attitude. You have a great way with people, you know, why don't you come work for us? And, and of course, you know, sometimes they do. Oh, I actually think that's a brilliant idea. Cause I can tell you right now, there's, there's a certain location of a certain <laughs> pizza place that my parents, they will only go to that location because the management there is so good. The customer mm-hmm. service is always awesome. All the kids who work there, super respectful, very friendly, you know, do a great job. And we have talked multiple times when, you know, I've gone with them for lunch here and there, like, man, whoever is running this place is doing an excellent job and you notice, you know? So yeah, if I was hiring people, I would, I would steal that idea of handing out those business cards to the people you run across that you're like, you should come work for me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and also when you do treat people like as, as a, as a regular grocer, you know, you can only pay somebody so much. You can only give them so many benefits, but you can always help them in other ways too, you know, um, whether it's, you know, their scheduling or, uh, uh, or whatever little perks come along. You know, if you say, you know what, you earn this, you have it, you take it, you know, those are little things that I think people really like, you know, and, uh, um, you know, uh, you know, they, they're always looking for ways to, to, to make that work environment you know, healthier, more friendly. And, uh, you know, that doesn't mean you, you, you kowtow to anybody or, 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 uh, uh, or, or, or give them things that, that, that they really don't deserve. But, you know, if you treat them as good as possible, you know, human nature is they'll, they'll respond, you know, they'll, they'll stick with you. They'll, they'll, they'll stay. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, a, a good environment is, is a good place to be. Definitely. Yeah. Well, it makes me think of um, your story from the last conversation about the the best leader you ever worked for, who, mm-hmm. you know, would, would come admire the work at the grand opening and then take mm-hmm. you aside and say, all right, so when, when are you taking a day off? Yeah. Right. Right. And I actually, it's funny you say that because I remembered um, just, I hadn't thought about this in years probably, but I had one boss who I had traveled over the weekend, you know, and, and of course was it, it worked Monday through Friday and maybe had traveled over another weekend. And he's like, you know, you should be taking like compensating days off, right? Like when you're traveling on a Sunday, just don't come in on Monday or don't come in the next Friday or, you know, whatever yeah. the scenario was. Right. And I was like, oh, well, like I wasn't really even aware that was an option. So he could have let me keep doing that. Right? Yeah, especially, instead, especially when they created yeah, it may not be the organization's policy because I've heard that at places where we don't have comp days. But if you, you know, but by saying that and saying, no, you need to do this. Well, it's not really a policy. It's okay. You just, you know, you, if you don't take those days off, pick a couple other days to take off and and it's all right. You know, maybe in a couple of weeks, if you want to take a really long weekend, go ahead, you know, something like that. That way you can at least plan for it. It's like a mini vacation. You know, that means so much to, 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 to employees, you know, just to, just to know that they they have their backs, you know, because they, 
uh, an employer will, will definitely be uh, reciprocated with with loyalty and and good work and honesty and and great attitudes. Absolutely. Well, because I think you know, as, as an employee, at least this has always been my perspective. Like I understand that the the business has to get done right, and I understand that the business outcomes like those are the top priorities, right? Like those, those are what my bosses are getting judged on and all that kind of stuff. And, and I get it. So when those people, you know, kind of do something a little extra or like, Hey, by the way, like I I noticed you've, you know, I I noticed you've been on the road the last three weeks and uh, it's been over the weekend, you know, it's not official, but like take a couple days off, just, you know, Mm. work from home a couple days Mm, or yeah. Yeah. Little things to create flexibility, to create recognition and just let people know you, you value them in kind of different little here and there creative ways. And like you said, not, not just randomly for no reason, but like you recognize that you got someone that you're like, this person actually makes us better because they work here. Oh, you sure. know, trying to acknowledge those things. It does. Like you said, those little one-on-one things, they go a long way. Oh yeah. And especially when it comes time for compensation, you know, when they, and they say, look, I'm, I, I'm going, you know, if, if they have control over that to, to recommend you for the highest possible level or, uh, or, or, uh, or some kind of a bonus or, or, or some other kind of perk that comes along that, 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 that those really go a long way too. So, so lots of ways to uh, identify attract and retain employees. And I think that in itself goes a long way to, to, to you know, keeping that shorthanded uh, situation under control, because there is a world of difference between Chick-fil-A and the, the other sandwich place down the street that never seems to have enough help. What are they doing? And whatever it is they're doing, you need to try to to, 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 to be that employee or be that employer, you know, not be the employer that's that whose only focus is cut, cut, cut all the time. Absolutely. Well, you wrap that up perfectly, Armand, mm-hmm. and I know I've already kept you longer than we had on the schedule, so we'll wrap it up there. But thank you so much. I think we covered a lot of great ground today and tons of practical suggestions from you on things as, as usual. Well, thank you, Ashley. It's always, always a pleasure. Anytime. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Armin. Thank you to everyone who has been listening today. We hope you've enjoyed the conversation as much as we have. And we'll see everybody again next week on the Produce Retail Podcast.